Welcome to Season 2 of the Life in the Mundane Podcast, where we tackle the difficult topics in marriage and parenting from a biblical perspective. This season, we're focusing on the foundations in these most important relationships. We're not perfect. We are here to share just what God has taught us in 14 years of marriage with six kids, ages 13, all the way down to five. As always, we hope to point you back to Christ so that you may know that if God has called you to it, He will equip you for it. And welcome back to the podcast. Hey guys, today we are going to be talking about another one of our foundations. And before we move into like foundations in marriage that like only apply to marriage or parenting or those kinds of things, we wanted to talk about one more foundational truth that has to do with all the areas of life. And that is what is truth and yes. why is it so important, especially in a world that doesn't believe that there is absolute truth in a world that believes that we create our own truths. Yes. I mean, the world out there tells you that, well, what you believe is good for you, what I believe is good for me, and we're both right at the same time while telling us, but if you encroach on my beliefs, my truth, then you are not being tolerant of me and you are actually working against me. Yeah, absolutely. There's also a huge shift in our in our culture that talks about emotions. And I think that this is a good thing. We're talking about emotions more than our parents' generation or the generation before that. There is more of an acknowledgement of emotions, but it has now become the point where emotions, according to the world, dictates truth. So if your child is feeling um, you know, unloved or they're feeling angered, the world says we should let them just like act on that because that's their truth and we should all acknowledge that and and really not just acknowledge, but we should actually, the expectations that we validate everyone's truth and, um, and that it's intolerant not to. And so we really want to talk about what is truth. We want to have this conversation about emotions because we actually teach a lot about emotions in our home, but we teach it a very different way. And we want to kind of share that with you guys. Yes, we do. We're going to start with what is truth. In Ephesians 6, we read, as Paul says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with power and supplication. We read the armor of God. The first thing it starts with is to put on the belt of truth, that we have to have assurance that what we are doing is the truth. And this also deals with another foundational issue is that we have to recognize that in all of our relationships, in every aspect of our life, we are in the middle of a spiritual battle. How many of us actually wake up in the morning and think I'm in battle? Like I need to suit up. I need to be on guard. I need to be ready to make a defense. And I think that this is something that a lot of times we don't think about, but we have to be thinking about the fact that we are in a spiritual battle in the middle of our marriages, in the middle of our parenting, in the middle of our day-to-day life, that Satan is attacking us. And one of the best things we can do is to put on that truth. And we don't want to diminish. We're not trying to diminish the other parts of the armor of God. We're just talking about truth in this specific episode. Obviously, all of these things go together. Obviously, God mentions them all very specifically for a reason. But um, but today, we just really want to 
focus on that truth aspect because it feels like amongst all of those things, that is what's being attacked the most in our society today. So how do we know what is truth? Yeah, that's a great question. Is it what we feel like? Is it what our pastor says? Is it what we interpret scripture as? Like, how do we know? I'll say, I'll say it's not any of those things. If you actually go off of your feelings, so what our heart says, what Disney says, follow your heart or follow your dreams, uh, the Bible actually is very clear on why you shouldn't. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The heart is deceitful above all things. So if we're following the truth that our heart tells us, if we're following our emotions, it will deceive us. Yeah. I would say our basis of truth has to be based on Scripture. It's based on God. God does not change. We do. Mm-hmm. Our minds, our hearts, our desires change sometimes second to second or moment to moment. Yeah, and I think that's something that we live in a world of change more now than ever. There's a statistic that says that many of our children will be doing jobs in the future that haven't even been created yet because of how fast technology is changing. They're going to be working on things that haven't even been invented yet. And, you know, we live in this change. We live in this this world that bases so many things off emotions and emotions definitely change. We can take assurance in and we can rest in the fact that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever and hold on to that truth because there is not much in this world that we can say is the same. There's nothing in this world truly that we can say has always been the same and will always be the same. And that is just so reassuring when we teach our kids that, when we remember that within our marriages and those things. And so God even says in his word that he is the way and the truth and the life. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Say, Jesus is the truth. So when we're trying to figure out what to believe in, what to do, we need to look to the only truth. And Christ says that's him. Absolutely. So what about this whole teaching of emotions? Like how can we take this and point it back to truth and not teach our kids to follow the truth of their heart and their will? The heart is deceitful, but our emotions are actually a very good indicator of where our heart actually is at this moment. Yeah, I say think about the think about your emotions like a check engine light. <laughs> when your emotions start flaring up, especially when you have very strong emotions, that's a good indicator that something is going on in the heart, good or bad. A small flare up of anger is is a is an indicator, but if you're having regular flare ups of anger and you're in, could almost be described as an angry person that emotion is showing where your heart is at. If you are having very selfish desires, if you are, I mean, anything that you're regularly doing is a very good indicator of what's going on in your heart. Exactly. And I think with this, we have to understand that God gave us emotions. Like the reason we have emotions is because we are created in his image and God has emotions. Jesus has emotions. We see that all throughout scripture, all sorts of a range of emotions. So it's not that our emotions are bad, but it's not that they are truth. They can very easily be um, deceitful. Satan likes to use our emotions, especially to kind of push us off into different directions. So I actually had a conversation with the kids about this this morning in our school time. And it was such an 
interesting conversation. We were talking about this concept of how in, um, you'll see in C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters, how he talks, um, the, the book, if you're not familiar with it, is about two demons. One is in training, one is like a senior demon, and how he is training this one to, um, to lead people astray, to lead this one particular person astray. And he says in there that he doesn't use big things, right? The idea is just to steer them off the path just a little bit. And so I talked to my kids about this today and I said, you know, really the thing is, is that Satan's not going to come and whisper in your ear, Hey, you should go grab that gun and you should go kill somebody. Because if Satan whispered that in your ear, you would be like, no, of course not. I would never do that. That's obviously wrong. But instead Satan likes to whisper in your ear. You know, I know your sister is kind of annoying you today. I know. Like, I mean, haven't you seen, like, I mean, she pretty much never listens to you. You know, she's always doing these things. He plants these seeds in her ear and it's like, you know, you should really tell her how you feel. You should, you know, I mean, you really should just tell her to stop. You need to stand up for yourself. And then they explode in anger and towards their sibling. And in truth, the Bible says that when we explode in our anger, it's the same as killing someone. And so he tempts us in those subtle ways to act. So to act on our emotions, to act in our anger. Now, whether or not you explode in your anger, if you are having that unrighteous anger, it's the same even as your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. If even if it's you're just thinking it, but you're you're just sitting there stewing in it, it is the same. So if you find yourself in that, you can see what's going on in your heart right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really a good time to see that check engine light and dive into scripture and into prayer and find out where you're sitting at. Yeah, the Bible talks about taking every thought captive. And this is a really hard thing. I tell my kids this is one of the most important skills that I hope to be able to give them. Because if you can take your every thought captive and you can filter it through the lens of truth, this will help you in every relationship with future spouses, with your kids. It's going to help you with your friends, your coworkers, your roommates, those things. And so we have um, a tool that we utilize in our home for this. And it's just one tool of many, but it's an emotions chart with a truth aspect to it. So the way it's set up is that the top part of the chart has different emojis to represent different emotions. And my kids every single day go around and they share what emotion they're feeling but they don't just stop there. They have to go to the second part of the chart, which is different truths about God, about us, about who God is. They all come from scripture. And it is the idea that they filter their feelings through those truths. So they might say things like, I'm feeling really scared about this event that's coming up, but they can pair that with the truth and they can remind themselves of this truth of, but I know that God is always with me and I have nothing to fear. Or they can pair up the truth of, I'm feeling really tired today. I'm just really sleepy, I'm a little cranky because I didn't get enough sleep last night. They can pair that with the truth that God promises in his word that he will always provide a way of escape with our sins. And so he has, so they can remember that, that even if they are tempted to be cranky today because they're so tired and they didn't get good sleep, they don't have to give in to those temptations. God provides a way out. Yes. So. Some tips on if you're seeing irregular emotions in yourself or in your children or um, someone that you're close to and you start seeing those regular signs that their heart is not in the right spot, what are some things you can do? What are some ways to, and we'll start with ourselves, Mm -hmm. what are some ways we can self-correct or start working towards self-correcting? 
Uh, and the first thing that I have to say, and I feel like this is the first thing I always say because it should be the first thing you go to, get on your knees, pray, and open your Bible. Yeah, because we can't we can't filter things through truth if we don't know what the truth is. And we already said the truth comes from God's word and from God himself. And so we have to go to scripture first and foremost and go to God in prayer for guidance for that. Yes. Number two, what media are you consuming? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking, what movies are you watching? What What are the messages being said in the movies and TV you're watching? What books are you reading? What music are you listening to? I have found that um, certain types of music make me angry. Mm-hmm. Or, no, they don't make me angry because I am in control of my anger. But I am more easily angered or more prone to anger if I'm listening to this type of music, especially regularly or for a long period of time. Um, what social media are you watching? I mean, mm-hmm. right now we have, we're in a new age between TikTok and Instagram Reels and Facebook Shorts and all these other little things. There's a lot of trash in there. Mm-hmm. And if you're consuming a lot of that, first off, there's no real substance to them. And second off, it really gets into you. Right. And even social media of certain people's posts that, you know, can cause that, again, not cause, but tempt you to be discontent. It could be something as easy as HGTV and watching a home renovation thing that doesn't have anything bad content-wise in it, but it stirs up those feelings of discontentment in your heart um, or envy. I think it's, you know, the true saying of garbage in, garbage out. For sure, we have to be careful what's coming in because the Bible talks in James 1, 14 through 15, and it says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And it's this idea that what we input into our into our brain, what we the media we spend time consuming, that's what lures and entices us. And that then becomes a desire. And then that desire eventually gives birth to sin. And um, and I think that we have to be really careful with what we're consuming. And if we're noticing those indicators, if we're noticing those check engine lights of certain emotions, it is very interesting to me when I step back and I start to look at, huh, you know, I'm snapping at my kids a lot. And it just so happens that I am listening to this book or I am watching this show where people are snapping at each other a lot or there's a lot of tension even. Maybe they're not snapping at each other, but it's causing this tension. And so I start to feel that tension and then I start to act on it even when it's not there. I start to take it out on my kids. Maybe I'm even upset about an injustice that's happening in a book that I'm reading. And the book in and of itself is not wrong, but I've become so consumed with it. I've become so lured by those emotions and those feelings and those things that I'm now acting in sin against other people in my family. What about it when it's someone, when you're not looking at yourself, which we're always looking at ourselves, but when there's someone in your family or close circle who's, you can see that they're not believing the truth right now, that they're, mm-hmm. they're going down a path where they're not believing the truth. How, how do we help them? How do we handle that? So I think in marriages and with our kids, again, it's a matter of being in the truth together. Yes. You know, if, well, if you create that natural habit of being in the word together, it's going to make it more easy for that to come up. And with our kids, it's a lot easier to help regulate their their media than it is with our friends or even with our spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but with your spouse, 
especially if you know that they're consuming a lot of bad media or they're, you know that they haven't been in the word, a gentle, and I stress gentle, <laughs> encouragement in this way is not only needed, it's called for in scripture. We're called to challenge our spouses uh, in these things. And so if Katie is getting angry with the kids or short with the kids, and I know she's been watching uh, one of the reality shows that she really likes where they (laughs) tend to yell at each other a lot, I might say, hey, maybe you need to take a break from that show for a little while. Or when I'm being short with people or when I'm really just becoming selfish or anything. And sometimes Katie will say, hey, I haven't really seen you in the Bible recently. Am I just missing that? Or Yeah, or even saying like, you know, like, hey, it seems like it's been hard for you to be in the Word recently. Is there anything I can do to help with that? Like, yes. could I take the kids and make sure that they don't bother you for the first 15 minutes when you get home? Or like... Do you want me to like not talk to you when we first get into bed so you can do your devotions? Like offering help and support, understanding that sometimes that heart is hardened and you may not be able to make it through, but the nice thing is the Holy Spirit can. So praying is always, you know, up there. That's why we talk about that, being in the truth and prayer constantly. Um, But we can have those gentle reminders with them. The other thing I think too is to get in the habit as a family this goes spouses, this goes kids, this goes all the way down, is getting in the habit of, of learning how to capture those thoughts. So the way I kind of explained it to my kids um, this morning when we were having this conversation was that different thoughts pop into our head, good thoughts, bad thoughts, thoughts that are there for a fleeting moment, thoughts that kind of linger for a long time. You're going to peek into that thought and you're going to see what's true. Is there, sometimes it's all truth, sometimes it's all a lie, sometimes it's partial truth Mm -hmm. and a partial lie. And we're going to take those things. And if it is something that is not true or, or it has parts to it that are not true, we're going to throw it in jail, right? We're going to take it captive. We're going to throw it in jail. If it's something that's true, we're going to let it go back out. And we're getting in this process though, of sometimes it can be hard to figure out what the truth is, or sometimes it can be hard to remember to take those thoughts captive. So we talked about today how we can help each other out with that. We can help each other when we say terms, we've talked about this before, but in our house, we try really hard not to say the words always or never, um, unless we're saying like God is always good. You know, we talk when we're talking about other people. Because God's character is always true. And so we can use that absolute statement when we're talking about an absolutely true thing about God. Yeah, exactly. But when we're saying, you always come in and bother me when I'm trying to do my schoolwork, or you never take out the trash, you are always on your phone, or you're always doing these things. These are these are not truth, because the, the truth is there's no way anybody could always or never do these things. So we, we talked about how when we see people starting to say that, we can come in nicely, kindly, attitude matters, taking the log out of our own eye first, Yes. <laughs> coming in and saying, no, when you say always, is it actually always or is it just some of the time or okay what what do you mean by always um oftentimes and this this happens when uh when we may be in an argument mm-hmm. this has happened and i tend to be the person that says always um and only because i was raised not being allowed to say it <laughs> oftentimes what this always statement comes from is i've been feeling this way a decent amount recently and so it, it's for me or for us, it's turned a lot into, okay, recently I've been feeling that this is regularly happening. And then usually that's a followed up with a, okay, 
can you give me examples so I understand what you're seeing? Mm-hmm. And we started doing that with our kids too, is okay, I've been seeing this happening recently. Or that comment Katie asked, when you say always, what exactly do you mean? Yeah, can you give me examples? Can we talk through this? And just kind of helping them learn how, because the truth is we all have to learn this. This is not something we're innately born with. Our heart is deceitful above all else. It exactly. wants to see that that filter of you know negativity in the world. It wants to see that filter through sin. And we have to be like, Let's step back a minute. Well, and it, it doesn't, our sin, Satan does not want us going to the Bible and going to prayer. Mm-mm. It wants us to rely on that emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think it's really, really important that we walk alongside our kids. We don't get frustrated with them when they um, when they act on their emotions, but we help point that out and we help them point them to truth constantly. One of my daughters was feeling like this the other day and she was feeling like everybody was picking on her. She was feeling like she was a bother. And, you know, we stepped aside and I said, you know, how are you feeling right now? Like, tell me, how are you feeling? She's like, I'm feeling hurt and upset and overwhelmed. And I'm feeling like nobody, nobody wants to be with me. And she was talking about her siblings. And I said, okay, that's how you're feeling. And why, why do you feel like that? Can you give me some examples? This is is a great verbiage there. And so she was like, well, you know, they didn't want to play this game that she wanted to play in that moment. You know, she's very much focused on what was right in front of her instead of looking at like the whole of scope of life as we all do. And, and I asked her, I said, okay, but what is the truth? What is the truth in this situation? And she's like, well, and she, this, she only knows this because we've gone over this so many times. So I want, I want to make this clear. Our kids didn't just like automatically answer like this. We've okay. practiced this a we, lot. <laughs> we have gotten, we have had many, many, many conversations. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So we, we, I asked her, I said, what is the truth? And she's like, God made me. I was like, yeah, God made you. And I was like, God put you in this family. He didn't just make you. He put you right here where you belong. Yeah. And I was like, and does God ever make mistakes? No, God never makes mistakes. Okay, so God put you in this family, and God doesn't make mistakes, and God loves you, and God is good all the time, right? And yeah, you might be going through a hard time with your siblings, but God also promises in his word that he'll lead us, and he'll guide us, and direct us, and you know, I bet that he can help you. I know he can help you, guide you in these hard situations, and he also forgave us, because we're sinners, and we have to remember that too. We have to remember that we sin, and we need to be forgiven. And just like that, we need to forgive our siblings when they sin against us. And we kind of go through these truths. And as she started talking through it, she was like, oh, you're right. Like, not only is this not true, but even if it was, it's not true. Her siblings love her. But even if it was true, there are all these other truths that she could hold on to about Christ and about God and about the way he will direct us and guide us and won't ever leave us that can give her that hope, that can give her that support through these situations. Let's review real quick. Where do we find absolute truth? In God's word. In God's word. In the Bible. When our emotions or feelings start to lead us the wrong way, what do we need to do? We need to take captive those thoughts and we need to filter it through truth. We also need to watch out for what we're consuming. Yes. Um, I'm going to close this out by reading uh, Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Or how can we be led in God's truth and be taught God's truth? We need to be in his word, in prayer, to know him. 
we can't know him unless we are with him. And in relationship with him. In relationship with him. I would encourage you, if you're not a part of a body of believers, find a home church that you can fellowship with to get good, solid biblical teaching from. And biblical accountability. It's second to none. (laughs) Yes. God has called us to follow him and to obey his truth and be close with him. He's called us to this. He's given us the resources through church through prayer, through his Bible, to draw close to him and know what the truth actually is. So he's equipped us with those resources. He's also equipped us. He says he will not call us to anything that is beyond our abilities. So as we close today, just want to encourage you. God's called you to know him and to know his truth, and he's equipped you to do it. We'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this helpful, we would love it if you could share the podcast and leave a review as it helps spread the word. So hopefully more families can be encouraged to make the most of the little moments in marriage and parenting. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.